Hi, and welcome to Hopefully Somebody Knows, a podcast about dad stuff. By a dad, for dads, I interview dads, dad, 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 dad-related stuff. Today's an interesting one. Um, my guest today is Billy Christensen. Billy's another one of my fraternity brothers from the Lambda Chi Alpha house at SMU. Billy now lives in Atlanta, and he works in consulting. He reached out to me via email to propose that we chat about meaning and purpose and kind of some of the things he'd been struggling with himself and some of the questions that he had. It's a really cool conversation because it's less about me interviewing Billy, which has been most of our past uh, podcasts, but more about kind of a back and forth discussion of some of the root causes that we see of midlife crises. Billy's really open. He shares a lot about his struggles um, and how he feels this lack of meaning, even while he has all of the traditional markers of success, great wife, great job, great kids. He also has a really intriguing take about bottling up emotions and looking for those big emotional releases, big highs and big lows. And maybe that could be part of what causes guys to seek out flashy cars or other kind of midlife crisis cliches. We talk a bit about philanthropy as a path to fulfillment and immortality, as well as embracing different cultures. Uh, we spend an oddly long amount of time talking about, about K-pop, Korean pop music, uh, as part of that. And we end the conversation with the talk about therapy and kind of feeling that you're enough. We talk about a little bit about stoicism as well. I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast, and I might spend some time on that topic specifically at some point. If you're unfamiliar with stoicism, it's an ancient philosophy, for lack of a better word, that's started to gain new prominence in the last 10, 15 years. I'll have some links in the show notes to learn more about stoicism. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it now. Um, I also spent a lot more time talking about myself in this episode than I'd planned. At some point, maybe I'll do a full dump of all my thoughts on all my journey and kind of what brought me to do this podcast. And I know some of this has kind of leaked out in bits and pieces over the course of the shows. Uh, but, you know, this one in particular is definitely pushing the boundaries of my comfort zone of what I felt comfortable talking about. But I think that's because it was a really good, solid, meaty conversation. So um, back to some housekeeping items. I haven't talked about this in a couple of episodes. There are a couple of ways that you could support the show, which would be really, really helpful. One is obviously tell your friends, other dads that you know or um, you know other folks you think might be interested in this. Send them a link. Point them to us on Instagram. Point us to us on um, your podcast app. Take a second and explain podcast to people. I'm finding out more and more that not everybody knows what podcasts are, and there's an interesting level of kind of Sometimes I think people feel embarrassed that they don't really know how to play a podcast or how to get started. And and so help people get over that. Show them like what app to go to and how to download shows uh, because it's not really intuitive. Um, another thing you can do that's really easy is to leave us a rating and a review. Most of you guys are listening to this through uh, Apple from what I've seen in the stats. So it's really simple to do that if you haven't already done it. If you go back to the main page of the show. So for instance, if you're listening to the show right now, you click on that purple link that has hopefully somebody knows kind of scrolling across it that takes you back to the main page for the show. Scroll down a little bit and you'll see a section that says ratings and reviews. Then you just click the far right star for a five star review or four, three, whatever you feel like is appropriate. Um, you can just do the star rating. That's great. That's helpful. It's even more helpful if you write a quick review. It doesn't have to be much. Somebody wrote me a great one the other day. I don't know who it was, but I appreciate it. It said, for the few, the proud, the dads. And that's all it said. And that's all it needs to say. But Apple takes those ratings and reviews very seriously when it thinks about ranking them. And those rankings are how you get in front of more people. 
One of the things I did promise myself I wouldn't do when I started this podcast was try to quote unquote win at podcasting and obsess about download numbers and rankings and what have you. But by the same token, I feel like if I'm trying to do good with this thing, I want to get it in front of people that might dig it and that might learn something from it. And I can't do that just talking to only past guests of the podcast and like my wife and her friends. So, you know, I'd love to get it in front of more people. And these are the ways that we can help with that. Uh, One other way from a financial perspective you can help is real simple. Everyone shops on Amazon, I'm sure. Uh, There's a link in the show notes to go to my affiliate page on Amazon. You won't really see a difference. Uh, The prices are all the same. It looks like Amazon. It's just a way for them to know that the click came in from the Hopefully Somebody Knows show. And then we get a teeny, teeny fraction of any transactions that you make on Amazon as a way to, you know, help us offset costs for hosting and equipment and, you know, all of the lavish expenses (laughs) that that, uh, we accrue here. This is a labor of love, but uh, if you think, you know, you like the show and these are two easy ways that don't cost you anything to do, either giving us a rating or review uh, and clicking on the affiliate link and buying as you would normally buy stuff on Amazon. Um, I think that's it. Oh, actually, cool little bow on this show. Since I recorded this a little while ago, actually, I've been sitting on this one. Since I recorded this, um, Billy and I went and got a cup of coffee and he came through Seattle and he said he's actually uh, changed jobs. One of the things you hear him talk about is traveling for work and how it was kind of weighing him down and keeping him away from his kids. And he's decided after we spoke to take the bull by the horns. Now, I'm not certainly going to take credit for that by any stretch, but I'm proud of him for, you know, listening to himself and what he said and actually go out and taking action because sometimes it's hard to actually do the things that you say that you're going to do. So this is by far the longest intro I've ever done. (laughs) Thank you for sticking through all of it. And um, off I go. I hope you enjoy this conversation because it is a conversation, not just an interview with Billy Christensen. I am joined today by Billy Christensen. Uh, Billy and I go way back to the Lambda Chi house. This is the second frat bro I've had on the, on the, uh, on the podcast. So I'm excited to talk to Billy. Billy uh, reached out to me a while back when we started this and had some really interesting questions about um, some of the stuff that he was thinking about as it relates to, meaning in life. And I don't want to spoil too much of it because I think there's a really good meaty conversation here. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into it. Billy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks, buddy. Why don't you give a, a couple minutes on who you are and, and your backstory, your family. Tell us about you guys. All right. So, uh, well, I guess in the, in the years since uh, living at 6015 Airline. Uh, sh- <laughs> well done. I could have got that on a dare. Sh- shout out to the men of 6015 Airline. That's now a parking uh, garage, I that's believe. That's now a parking garage. Um, in, the, in the years since, um, I spent you know the bulk of my, I guess you could say my career-wise, in um, retail. So working for, you know, I'd worked for Harold's back in the day, and then that parlayed that into um, a corporate retail uh, career through you know working for places like JCPenney and Target. Um, but I made a transition a few years back to consulting. So I've actually been in management consulting now for the last uh, three years. And taking the skill set and experiences in a in a different direction, um, you know, got married, have a have two kids, an eight year old and a three year old. Um, my three year old, it's it's uh, her world. We're all just lucky to draw breath in it. 
<laughs> um, so uh, love you, sweetheart. Yes, um, exactly. But uh, no, we live in we live in the we live in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh, moved down here uh, a couple of years back when because uh, in consulting we travel constantly, so we can live anywhere. We got an airport, so we uh, we looked at places to relocate. We were living up in Minnesota, Oof. which is you know especially especially interesting considering I am originally from the islands. Yeah. So, uh, the, and a, by that you mean Hawaii, obviously. Let's just make sure everybody's on the same page. So. Yep. Oh yeah. Why? What? How? Why Atlanta of uh, versus Minnesota? Like, why'd you end up in Atlanta? So we when we lived in Minnesota, and we actually really loved it. Minneapolis, for anybody who hasn't spent time there, is a pretty kick-ass place. It is. Um, I got a buddy there. It's a good time. Oh yeah. You just have to be able to put up with winter, and it is. It it, it can be brutal, and it was. And we just we wanted to relocate and be warmer. We knew we wanted to be back down south. Um, and we looked at it, we were looking at different places. So we originally thought, you know, let's go back to Dallas. But as we looked at that, my wife was like, no, I, I really, we've been there, done that. Let's do something different. And so then we we pretty quickly said, okay, we'll just look at the Southeast. So we just looked around it, you know, we were looking at Atlanta, Charlotte, Nashville, really. Um, and the, just looking at all of the factors in terms of cost of living schools, you know, all that. Um, Atlanta was the best combination of all of that. Plus, my in-laws live down in Florida. Um, so it gives us proximity to them, which is great. It's a drivable. Uh, they live a drivable distance. They're retired. Um, so it's, it's really good that we get to see them fairly often. Um, my kids adore my in-laws, um, which is wonderful. So we get to, you know, get to spend a lot of time with them. It's always, heartbreaking, awesome. when, it's always heartbreaking when that time comes to an end um because of how attached they are um but it's just great that we even get to have that time to begin with and so, so yeah, management so, consulting now um do yes. you guys specialize in anything uh you want to plug your company sure so i work for the firm alex partners um shout out to brother chad schwarz who who is also with the firm nice who, uh actually i saw a good pick one... of you guys the other day on uh on instagram a while back. well he's the one who he's the one who got me into the firm actually oh yeah so yeah yeah um he had and and Formerly, other our other uh, brother John Franks also used to work for the firm. He's moved on to a different firm now, but he was that. also at Alex Partners when I when I joined. Um, but so we're as as a as a consulting firm, we're known for mostly turnarounds and restructurings. We actually okay. kind of pioneered that practice um, for industry you know, industries across the board. I'm in retail, and so years back they had um, started a retail practice, hired some guys away from what was the preeminent retail consulting firm at the time, and they began our practice. And so I'm, I, I'm a part of the growth of that practice. That's cool. Thank you. That's um, so, you know, generally I, I like to talk about like, does the way, does what you do impact the way that you parent? I don't know if there's a lot of parallels here, but you know, before we get into the meat of the conversation, let's, let's touch sure. on that. It definitely does because I travel constantly. So mm. you're catching me actually on a, on a, it's pretty um, different right now because I'm actually at home on a Wednesday night. Um, Which is you know, to let everybody know, like how many weeks have we been going back and forth trying to get this schedule? Oh yeah, like, you and I've been going back and forth for at least a month, I think. To just to, to work around because you're 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 all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it you know I'm gone typically Monday through Thursday every week. Okay. And it it can be tough. Um, you know the the beauty of technology and you know we're using Skype here, but FaceTime or whatever it is, it right. does allow me to be you know to connect with my kids and my wife while I'm out of town. But it, you know, that's 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 a a consolation prize from actually being home. Mm -hmm. 
so it does impact what that when I'm home, you know, I I just want to be spending time with them. I don't want to mm. be. I'm not. My my wife and I are homebodies to begin with, and so it you know being home and being with them, it, it just it works out very nicely that way. But it, it it's tough. Um, it's tough being gone that much. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, I guess at, at, at any age, really, it's tough. I mean, at this age with, with the things that my kids are doing now, really getting involved in activities and stuff, um, it has very much impacted, you know, my parenting. Um, I try to make sure that when I am home, I am as focused with them as I can be. Mm-hmm. When I work on Fridays from home, it can be tough because my daughter, you know, being three years old, doesn't right. exactly get that I'm working. <laughs> she thinks it's playtime. Right. She wants to come and talk to me and play with me. And if I'm on the phone, you know, on a conference call or something like that, I have to do like what I'm, you know, where I am right now. You can see the background. You can tell where, you know, what room of the house I'm in. Yeah. You know, I have to be in places like this just to get away. Just to show the visuals. So everybody, you know, Billy's in a closet right now. I'm in, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the closet in in the, in our, in the master bedroom. It's fun. (laughs) That's Um, all right. But at least you got a door between you and everybody else. It does sound great. So. Well, yeah, it's, I guess all of the, uh, all of the clothes hanging absorb and, and <laughs> limit go. the echo. But yeah, so no, it, it very much impacts the, the way that I parent um, and, and the focus I have as a, you know, as a dad mm-hmm. um, and as a husband to make sure that um, when I'm home, I am focused on the family as much as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, we, I talk about this with some of the folks that I work with who are in similar situations. And we all, the nice part about being in consulting, at least with the group that I'm with, is that there are a lot of us in, in a similar situation, mm. you know, married with kids. And um, we lament, the, you know, together how right. we, we wish we were home more. Um, but, you know, we all like, we'll, we'll, as we go through our day working, and we all typically stay at the same hotel. And so we are all doing dinner together. And at dinner, we typically have everybody peels off one at a time to go do their, you know, their, their parenting and, and yeah. you know, spousal duties to connect with home. Um, and so, you know, there's just that, that understanding that, oh, yep, now it's Billy's turn to get up and go, oh, yep, now the it's someone's turn to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, do you find it's yeah. hard? One thing I'd struggle with with traveling is um, I find I want to, like, jump back in when I land, right? And often, um, you know, you want a parent, you want to be the the father figure the authority figure but sometimes you have imperfect information about everything that's going on you know what i mean and you want to be like mm-hmm. i'm going to come in and fix everything and solve everything oh, yeah. and you know i'm the conquering hero do, do you run into that and then your wife is probably like oh my god please just leave again on monday because <laughs> <laughs> no it's funny when i if i if ever i'm home for you know, the, the, the colloquial term in consulting when you're between projects is beach time you know, you're on the right. beach right um, so if I'm ever on more than a week's worth of time in between projects, I'm not traveling, you know, my wife starts to give me that. Don't you have some place you need to be? <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? Why like, just go, don't you, can't you go somewhere? Right, um, right, right. Because she's gotten used to, you know, having that with me gone Monday through Thursday. If I'm, if I'm home, just merely being home during that time upsets the rhythm. That's um, interesting. So, and, and it's not, it's, it's nothing like there's no, when she says it, I mean, there's, there's a, there's obviously, you know, it's the, there, there's jet, it's in jest, right? Sure, but at the sure. same time, it's very true, right? My, yeah. my, my presence and my, you know, the example of my daughter, um, not understanding if I'm working from home, it means I'm working is a great example of when I'm not there, she, you know, that's not something that has to be dealt with. And, and so, um, 
you know, the disappointment and the, why can't I, you know, why, why can't daddy play kind of mm-hmm. you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, so it, it's, you know, no, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very real, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the impacts are very real with yeah. that, but coming home. Yeah. Do I want to be, do I want to jump right in and, and get stuff done and, and play with the kids and be with my wife and, and, and do all of those things? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. But there's that rhythm that's, that's there that mm-hmm. I have to, re i i have to i have to get myself in that rhythm mm-hmm. as opposed to just come in and upset you know upset the rhythm mm-hmm. that's a good way to say it like you have you to know, kind of sort of merge into what they're doing more so than yeah yeah oh, I like that. oh yeah more than the other way around and now we have we we, we got a couple of puppies too and so mm. you know my in addition to my wife being you know mother and, and everything else now we've got two dogs and if i'm gone well that falls to you know her and she's mm-hmm. and she's gonna mm-hmm. you know take care of their puppies and so they're still you know, biting everything and, and rambunctious and can't control when they pee and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, so that's, you know, something added to, you know, to her plate. And I, and I really, I, I don't mean to say like I'm, I'm neglectful, but um, because I'm gone so much, I mean, again, she's the only one here to, to, to take care of them. So there's a, you know, that's, that's changed her rhythm. And again, me being around mm-hmm. the dogs, right. Want to, they want love from everybody. Sure. And so, I walk in, the, you know, I walk in the door from being gone all week and yeah, you know, then, then they're rambunctious. Oh, you know, he's home, he's home. And, you know, all they want is you know, love from me. So, right. Um, so yeah, so I have to reassimilate into what has been happening. Um, and that makes and sense. I mean, we, we, my wife and I are constantly talking, so I understand what's been going on. And so she does a good job of, you know, keeping me abreast of, of, of what's happening so that, you know, if, my son is having a bad day and mm-hmm. is really upset or my daughter is being just really unruly. I walk in knowing that's what's going on. That's and good. So, and so she, she does, she's a really big help when, when that comes. As far as I always think about like my dad traveled a lot when I was a kid and the, imagine a world of the level of travel that you do with no cell phones and no computers oh. and no email, right? Yeah. You'd leave on Friday, you'd, you know, Monday and come home on Friday and you would have, other than like the whole, you know, you'd call from like the corded phone in your hotel room, um, you know, once a night maybe to get some kind of dump of what's going on. But like you'd be walking into God knows what, you would have no idea what's going on. They wouldn't have seen your face. So, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody talks a lot of trash about technology, and um, as somebody who works at Microsoft, <laughs> probably shouldn't be correct. <laughs> but uh, at least that aspect of it has improved. Yeah. So that's actually a pretty good analogy, I think, when we think about, you know, aging, right? And, and, and I think it's a good transition probably into the conversation we were having. Sure. So, I, you know, I try to figure out the best way to set this conversation up. But, you know, Billy reached out and said, you know, let's talk about meaning, right? Let's talk about what are we doing in this world? What are we leaving behind? What are we, you know, what are we, um, I don't know, fulfillment, right? For lack of a better word. And yeah, and I'll let you kind of tee up kind of your thoughts because I think you did a good job in, in your email kind of explaining the checklist as you put it, right? So why don't you set the stage and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. So where it, where it began was, yeah, I mean, just being a guy in my 40s, um, you know, looking at doing, doing, I guess, or taking stock of my life and looking at, okay, you know, looking at what I have. I you know, wonderful wife, wonderful children. So great family life. Um, you know, house, cars, wonderful career, you know, the, all of the, the, the hallmarks, or at least the, 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 the boxes that you want to check to say, okay, I want this by this time in my life or this by this time in my life. You know, and as we, especially, you know, coming right out of college, it's, we, 
we like to play the if right in our minds we play the if then game right or yeah. then if kind of thing right i'll be right. I'll, when i have this i will be happy or something yeah so you i look at that and I'm doing the math like well all of those things are there yeah but there's still something not there and it, yeah. there, there's a lack of you'd think in having all of these things and accomplishing all of these things which is really what they are they are accomplishments um why do i not feel a sense of fulfillment why is there why what am i doing that or what am i not doing that um makes me feel like i'm either missing something or um neglecting something or, or or what and it's and it's a personal thing it's not a it's not a um looking at it saying i've got you know a crappy family and i've got a you know a horrible job it's nothing like that it's it's really a a, a deeply personal you can call it spiritual if you want um thing about why is it with all of these things that i had always thought were the the markers for what made a quality fulfilling happy life mm-hmm. why is it that when i have all of those things there's still something not there mm-hmm. and it's you know as, as i was saying to you i said this is the kind of stuff that it, the more i think about it the, and i've talked about it with a couple of people is um this is like the midlife crisis fodder this is yep. stuff that 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 you know that 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 in my mind is is where okay so i get the and, and I hear, I, especially working with a lot of folks that are in their late twenties, mm. like I do, who are at that stage of life, where you know a lot of them are, they're they're just beginning to start thinking about getting married and 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 settling down and, and you know doing creating the life that I have now, um, you know where they're still they're going out a lot, sure, they're, you know they're partying, they're doing that, and they don't understand um, that when you know if a good example would be on certain projects that I've been on where the teams are very large. Okay. Um, it can be very social and there's always a faction of the, of those groups that, and it's usually the younger folks that mm-hmm. will be a little bit more social. They'll go out a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll roll in the next morning looking a little worse for wear and, and <laughs> lamenting, lamenting about how they, you know, they can't, you know, at 28, they can't do what they did when they were you know, 22. <laughs> And, you know, and, and, and I remember those days, of course, and, sure. and, yeah. and have fun with them on that, but they don't, you know, with, with, um, and so, you know, you, you look at the, the folks that, that I work with, and I'm fortunate enough that the, the folks that I work with that are about my age, that are about our age, who have the similar backgrounds with families and everything at home, you know, we, we, we together don't have, there's no, um, there's no yearning to go back to those days. Good. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is good, but we see we do see that with some people that we work with where you're like, yeah, you really shouldn't do that crap anymore. I mean, come on. There, there, there's, there's, at some point in time you turn the page mm-hmm. and you can't keep going back to try and like, re- and, and there's, there's, there's that thought of like, well, you know, I just remember how much fun it was. Yeah. So do I, I have great memories of it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to live it again. Sure. And so that's, but that, I, you know, the, the more, you know, thinking about it is that's, that's a way maybe for them to deal with that mm-hmm. fulfillment. Like there's some sort of the attached, going back and being of that you know behaving that way socializing that way doing the things that people uh you know that in their in in that age group do in a way Mm -hmm. that you know that we don't anymore ours right um you you know i i do i i do see that and and that's again there have fun do it you know sure be, be whatever you want but 
so that that's where that's where I, I started to you know kind of I guess congeal the idea of yeah no this is the stuff that midlife crises are made of because this is yeah like, you know there is and 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 it is stereotypical but yeah this is what leads to the car this is what yeah. leads to the you know to to say it out loud it leads to the girlfriend it leads yeah. to the you know what I mean and all the cliches like this is sort of, of the it. point that everybody. You're hitting on an interesting couple of points because I run into this. I, I've talked to a lot of guys who, who deal with this in different ways. Like sometimes it's – so I always laugh about like if I could go back in time and tell myself at 21, right? Back at 60, 15 airline, right? Hey, man, here's what's going to happen. And I think both of us at 21 would be like, cool. All right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. That's a pretty that's a pretty solid – you know, well done, buddy. High five. Yeah. Back in, back oh, yeah. in the time machine, right? Um, so it's not for a lack of accomplishment, right? So then it becomes a question of like, I don't know, um, comparison, right? I often run into people who are like, you know, well, yeah. this guy has this, right? Or this guy did this that we know, or, or, or why don't I, right? I think that's one sort of facet of this or flavor of this. Um, and then there's their look back, right? I, I, you're hitting on one too. I've got friends who are the same. Why didn't we, you know, we could have, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. uh, did we get married too early? Did we, uh, you know... Why didn't we run off to LA and become screenwriters, right? Like, you know, that yeah. type of like look back. And, and, but it's all happening now, man. It's all happening. Yeah. You're right. In the last like five years or so, I'd say late 30s yeah. to wherever we are, early 40s, early, early, yeah. early mid, <laughs> mid ish. 40s. I guess we're, we're, on the, we're on the cusp of mid, right? Cusp of mid, yeah. Early yeah. to mid. We're, um, we're mid adjacent. <laughs> perfect. Um, but, uh, one of the things that you had on this really interesting, like just to dig in this a little bit, like why is it now? I, I've asked myself that question a lot and there's, you know, there's something, and this might, this might be a little obtuse to, 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 to this, but one of the things that has come up for me and it's, I, and I'm watching this with my kids and it's particularly my son. Um, Cause my son is, he's wonderful, but he, and he's also really sensitive. And so, you know, he's, he's prone to, you know, emotional reactions to things that, you know, sure. you wouldn't normally think would happen. Um, and one, uh, so I'm, I'm watching him and, you know, he, he, he'll deal with something that's, that's upset him and he'll, you know, he'll have a good cry and then he, you know, and, and he gets it out and then he, he moves on. And I stopped and I thought, I was like, you know, I don't know the last time, and I really don't, I don't know mm. the last time I had a truly visceral, emotional moment mm. of either complete joy that was like overwhelming or complete mm. sorrow that was overwhelming. And there's, so looking at that and then doing the math and saying, okay, it's not that I haven't gone through those very happy, very happy, joyful moments or those extremely sad moments. But, sure. you know, growing up and especially, especially, especially when you think about it, getting, you know, going to college and then going, you know, and then graduating from college and entering, entering the, you know, the adult world, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, we, we, from an emotional standpoint, we don't have those, we tend not to have those outlets anymore or those, those, mm -hmm. those events that really allow us to just dump <laughs> and, and, and get it all out. And so not having those we keep everything inside and we keep everything bottled up and we keep, you know, and so that's where, you know, like I think about my like, God, I just, there are moments, especially in they're mostly in frustration moments mm -hmm. um, where I just want to have, like, I just think of like, God, I just want to have some sort of outburst, some sort of release yeah, and just be explode done with in it some way and, yeah. and move forward. Mm -hmm. And, but those, it's like, I, I, 
and I'm not going to say I haven't tried. I've tried that. Like I have tried <laughs> to force it. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in, in the, in, in, that's part of the, the, in the, in my job and traveling as much as I do, if I'm, you know, I'm alone in my hotel room every night, that's one of those, you know, it, it affords me the, at least the, uh, the space yeah, the with which to do that, to do that. But I can, but I'll tell you, I can't even like produce it. It's, and, but, and, and which also adds to the frustration. It's like, now I'm thinking, well, shit, if I can't even like, just get it all out, then crap, when, you know, when is it going to happen? And, and, um, so that's one of the things that, that for me has, has been, really has been on my mind is that, you know, as, a, as we grow and granted, you know, there's a part of that is just maturity, right? You learn to how to, sure. how to manage your, you know, manage your emotions and your feelings, but, um, without that release and without that ability, yeah. you know, to, to, to do that. And which is, again, it leads me back to the idea of the midlife crisis, this being fodder for midlife crises. Cause that's right. right. A midlife crisis in many respects is a cry for help yeah right or it's a it's 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 at least a cry for attention to have a conversation or or, or something to to get create some sort of meaningful connection with something or someone um right and i i by the way let me just let me pause right here i have no training in any sort of cycle in any sort of psychology (laughs) this is this is this is my own this is my own point of view based on zero education but life um and thank you for the caveat and and merely pontificating Um, so, but thinking about it that way is, you know, there's when I, where I haven't had that, you know, absolute emotional release of say frustration, Mm -hmm. the flip side of that, right. Is that feeling of fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. Is right. Cause they happen. I mean, that's the, those are, if we think of them as two ends of the, two ends of the spectrum, that's a good way to think of it. Right. All that stuff happens in that same, in the same space. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have one, it's really hard to have the other mm-hmm. because there's no, right. You're, you're balanced, but you're balanced like in this very narrow in the middle spot. You're not mm-hmm. having these wide, you know, these more wild swings of the pendulum from being, um, you know, having that, that complete utter release of frustration, sadness, sorrow, whatever, or that complete in utter joy and elation. Right. I mean, I, I think about when my, when my kids were born and that feel like there's those moments were, were wonderful. Sure. But there was, but, and I think back to him, like, I remember the smile on my face. You couldn't, you couldn't jackhammer it off, mm-hmm. but you know, those were those that, that was good for, you know, the time it was there. It's, it, it's not that right. I still don't think very highly upon my kids. And, you know, you can see me smiling, think, you know, talking about sure, it right now, sure. but that, you know, you get used to that, you get conditioned to it. And so then it's kind of like, all right, that's that's just part of life, and move on, and it becomes just you know something else that you're happy about. But there's no again those those highs and those lows just aren't there. That's in the way that when you're when you're a kid, yeah, you have those highs and lows, and yeah. again you're almost able daily, to, right? Right, 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 and and you're you know you're able to 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 uh, I don't want to say they're they're able to better process these things, but they're at least better they they can get out and move on mm-hmm. in a way that you know as as we you know grown older and become adults that we don't have that and so yeah. that's where the, i think those 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 and i'll call i'll i'm gonna be really maybe controversial here and say you know that's where we, we call the you know the midlife crisis an outburst mm-hmm. right that's where that outburst comes from is that that's the it, of all of that i don't think that's that, that controversial and and by the way it's not like you're gonna offend the 12 listeners to this podcast so i think we're probably <laughs> probably all right I, I think you're gonna get in trouble on, on my uh, very very narrow audience 
But I think shout, shout you're hitting to, uh, Morgan Anderson and everybody else who's uh, been on this before listening. Exactly. So literally, it's like uh, I'm gaining f- listeners just from the people who are on the podcast. So every every episode, <laughs> I get one more. Um, but I think you're hitting on something kind of interesting because um, I read an article the other day that really sort of surprised me. They were uh, this article was aligning the increase in extreme physical activity challenge stuff. Think of like a Spartan race uh, or a marathon yeah, yeah, or what yeah. have you with midlife crisis uh, ages. Um, because people are seeking that as a outlet, potentially yeah. both for, uh, I wouldn't say sadness, but um, an emotional release in some way, maybe, yeah. right? Just beating the shit out of yourself and then and then having a beer at the end and like, look what I got accomplished. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the cliche about the about the uh, about the affair sort of cliche, right, is that, you know, the the the, the bottled up man wants to feel something again and mm-hmm. this person is giving them that right is generally what you right. hear um the shiny car thing we were joking about you know i yeah. I, I fell prey to that one right and uh, but you know it uh but it does it's a little it's a little kick in the butt that that is a nice thing to have so then you know it, it it's interesting i think you're hitting an interesting point like you know uh you don't get that as a kid and you have an interesting perspective yeah. because seeing your son right and having him be sensitive and my my older daughter is very sensitive as well she has sort of similar you know uh swings and so you see that as like those were big and those were important and I don't have that anymore. And then I think, you know, there's the other factor that, you know, we think about sometimes of thousand years ago, 1500, 2000 years ago, we'd be dead by now. 43. Yeah. We're done. We're done. Yeah. We're already done. And so thanks and we'd to, already, and we'd have been grandparents too. Yeah. We, we'd be grandparents. We'd be done. We would have fought in some kind of a war at some point, inevitably, right. With a sword probably. Oh. Um, <laughs> and instead we're like, you know, we're just sort of like uh, nice, friendly, slightly out of shape white guys who are just sort of like, you know, going to work, bop, 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 right? And so I wonder, like, a little bit of that, like, um, you know, is there a little bit of that, too, of, like, you touch on this a little bit. It's one of the things that I struggle with is, like, the what are you leaving behind aspects, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, you touched on this a little bit in, in the conversation we had on, on email, but, um, you know, I enjoy being involved in philanthropy, but that can itself be this weird um, competitive thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we helped start a, a, a fundraising group about 10 years ago for a cancer research center here in Seattle. It's made, I think this group's made like six, eight million and very little to do with me. We just kind of kicked it off and then it rolled. Uh, oh, so shout out. I'll plug my own stuff. I don't do that very much. Yeah, so Innovators, Innovators Network is the name of it uh, for the front touch. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But um, it's not mine. It doesn't have my name on it, right? Yeah, this is why people name buildings. This is why people have streets named after themselves, et cetera. Yeah. So I don't know, man, like talk about that. Like, how do you think about is philanthropy a path to creation of fulfillment or is that not getting it done for you? You know, I for for me personally, I think, you know, philanthropy is, is something one I don't do enough of. Um, you know, giving back to any, any uh, giving back to the world. I'll just put it, I'm going to put it that way. Not giving back to the people necessarily that helped me on my way, but just giving back to the world, right? Paying it mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. is something that I, I don't do enough of. And when I say that, I mean, I really don't do any of it. Um, and so in, in the sense of, of that, that's for me, you know, something that it definitely, I, I when I have done it in the past, I've always left, you know, saying or thinking in my mind of the, the cliches of, you know, when they say the, the, the person who 
you, you, you hear, see the conversation of the person who was helped saying, oh my God, you have no much, you know, you don't know how much this means to me. And the person who did the helping says, I, I actually would tell you, I don't think you understand how much this means to me. Yeah, right? I got totally so right. much out of it, right? So there, uh, my experience as influence, we've always been that. It's been, I've gotten so much out of being able to help, you know, somebody who um, was not as, you know, was facing whatever hardship they were facing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, and that was, you know, there, there was a, 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 again, a feeling of fulfillment, but again, it was a fleeting one. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it, there was no sustain, you know, it, it wasn't sustainable um, without doing that over and over and over again. Right. If, if you want to keep that feeling, but you do anything over and over and over again, you become conditioned to it and it becomes like anything else. Right. So mm -hmm. um, for me, from a, you know, think about, Thinking about, and I'll, I'll use the word legacy, right? Is mm -hmm. what's the leg? What is the legacy that you know that I think about and that I want to that I want to leave in this world? You know, one is the, I, I want to be the best father and husband I can be. Um, and so that right, and that's 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 that that's where it starts and ends. Yeah. Anything you know, anything else as far as you know, you talk about you know the naming of buildings or, or any of that mm -hmm. other stuff. You know, for for me that there's as wonderful as that is, right? There's I'm 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 vain. I'm I, I have no issues with 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 uh, admitting that. Um, you know, I would love all of those things. I don't really do anything to to achieve any of those, and I don't set out to you know do anything to achieve any anything like that. But yeah, sure. I mean, if 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 I wanted to, I I'm sure I could. Sure. Um, but for me, look, you know, just thinking about from a from a legacy standpoint, I think about what are the things from you know that I want to leave in this world, and how do I want to make this world a better place? You know, for me, it starts and ends with my family. Yeah. Um, in, in the case of, you know, for for my family, it's it's somewhat, I guess you could say, there was you know, my my father was not around much. Especially as I got older, because he was a workaholic, but he was also fighting his demons of, of alcoholism and smoking and everything else. Um, and he is, um, I, I, I don't have, I haven't had a relationship with him for a long time. He is, I, I, I quite frankly don't understand how he's still alive, but um, he's up in, uh, up in I think, Linwood. Oh, yeah. Actually, up your, neck, up your neck of the woods. Um, but the last time I saw him was a couple of years ago when um, I got a, a call that this might be it. And so um, in that moment, like I hadn't talked to him in years. And so I went up and, and I and I actually saw him and got to say all the things that I wanted to say. And, Good. you know, he he didn't he one couldn't believe I was actually there um, just because it had been that long. But, um, you know, he as a father was more he was more absent than anything else. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a like he was a he was in my face. There was, you know, abuse from a physical, like it was nothing like, it was nothing like that because he was, he wasn't around. Yeah. He was a workaholic. And so he was always at his office and he owned his own company. And so he was always there. And so, um, for, for me, it was that. And then also, you know, he, he wasn't as emotionally available. Sure. Um, one from just not being there, but also that was just never what he was. Cause he had like my, his father, who's, you know, I'm the third. So the, the first in, in this name, this line of, yeah. of names was just an absolute asshole. He was just a, mm. just one of the worst people ever. And and so, you know, my dad's goal was not to be his father and he accomplished that in many respects. My goal was not, is not to be mine. Sure. And so, you know, I think about from the legacy that for, for me, you know, the, 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 you hear, you know, you hear about people saying, you know, they want to break the cycle of whatever yep. they got caught up in. That's exactly what my focus is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and where you know where I struggle, and maybe this is the vanity in me, is that's great and it impacts my family and it's the most important thing to me. And that's what I would I would put above all else, regardless of what's going on in my life. But it also means it's three people. Yeah. Right? It's, it's yeah. It's it's focused, and so it's not a bigger like I'm not having a bigger impact on the world maybe than I would like to have. Sure. Um, but again, at the same time, I. I th- and this goes, I think, back to some of the other things I was saying, which is, I think about it, I get, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I, w- I really wish I could do any, you know, do something about that, or I wish I would do something about that, and then nothing, and then I go to sleep, and the next day comes, and we go on and move on with life, and then yeah. I'm left wondering, yeah. right? Oh, you know, when am I going to do that? When am I going to do that? And so it's it's always just stuff that's that that festers, you know, in my head. And but you and don't necessarily for, know what the you don't know what the that is though. It seems like like well, what is the. You're exactly right. And yeah. I think that, and that's the, that's the cycle I think that a lot of us get, get caught up in, right? Mm-hmm. Is we, we, it's, it's really easy for anyone to align to a good idea, okay. right? Nobody's going to, nobody's going to say, um, oh, that's a great idea. I, I think it's terrible. I'm not aligned to it. I, right. Everybody can do that. And I'm, I'm no different from that. But then when it's time to actually act on that, you know, that's where things, that's where things can, can go sideways or just never get started. And when you never get started and you st- it's that you're left in that cycle of saying, oh, I need to do it, but then you don't do anything. Oh, I need to do it. You know, right? and so it begins to fester and it begins to trouble you in ways that then you start thinking, well, why didn't I, you know, why haven't I done it? Why haven't I done this? Why haven't I done that? Mm-hmm. And it's just a, I think a, a, the same kind of a, it's a, it's just an evolution of, um, of, the things that we always is that if then or when, yeah. you know when yeah. if um, type of thing that you know when it was you know again right out of college it's when I you know get married and and have or right. when I'm making this kind of money this is right. just the next step of that um, but you know it's funny that the older we get it becomes a little bit more personal a little bit more spiritual you know, much yeah. more cathartic yeah um, so for for me and that that the, this is stuff that I've been thinking about for a while and and when you you know it started doing this podcast and started listening. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's time to, it's time to actually do something. Totally. It's time to, to get out of my own head, which I think a lot of us guys do is we just, we, we stay in our heads with this stuff. hundred percent. And so this was for me, you know, so thank you very much for putting this oh, together. Yeah. Cause for me, th- this is, this is that, that, that beginning, yeah. you know, on a, on a personal note, this is that beginning of me getting out of that, you know, getting, getting it out of my head and getting it out there to actually, Good do stuff with. So, so let me you. let me give you a, you bad dude like and and I'm getting covered with all the praise so we got to change subjects that's usually what I do. Okay. So um <laughs> but uh for um for what it's worth, you know, I haven't talked I've I've touched on it a little bit on the podcast. So I've been going to therapy for about 7 years and mm-hmm. it's been hugely helpful for me because you know, you got this person, yes you're paying them, but you got this person who by definition you sort of respect and you understand, you know, that they have training and they they know what they're talking about. Who have taught, you know, that through them, through some of the things I've learned about meditation and mindfulness, some of the things I've learned about like stoicism and some other things that have sort of become in religion to some degree. Like I'm not super religious. Like we go to church on Sundays, but I'm not, I kind of, you know, I look for the lessons more so than the, you know, back in 326 BC, the Israelites did, I don't care, you know, like that's not the point. But um, one of the things that has been really helpful for me is um, gratitude practice. So yeah. not to get all hippy dippy, but like there's a thing that I read uh, about that apparently my CEO does, Satya does, and I've, I've read about it sort of like a little thin slice of mindfulness. And I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but maybe somebody can take something from this. And it's a quick thing. Every morning when you wake up, when you open your eyes, think about one thing you're grateful for. Just one thing. 
and it's your kids or you're a specific kid or the fact that your knees never had to get surgery or yeah. that, you know what I mean? That your body still works yeah. right. Or you didn't have to get up to pee in the middle of the night or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like one thing to go like, this is okay. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of that I have grateful for. And then you get up, you sit up, you put your feet on the floor, take a deep breath and just think about, all right, how am I going to show up today? Right? Like what's yeah. today going to look like? Like just, you know, I would say like kind of calm, focused, right? Like that's yeah. kind of the vibe that I want. And so yeah. that to me has been helpful, but gratitude practice in general, you can do it a million ways. You can do a gratitude journal, write down one thing a day. Yep. You can write down a ton of stuff. There's a million ways to do this and I'm not going to like preach about it. But I think where I'm going with this is um, the fundamental like short circuit, I think to, that helped me get through kind of the same stuff you're going through is like, you are enough as you are today. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. okay to stop and say like, I have three people in your case, three people in my case too, who love me more than anything in the world. And I'm a great dad and I'm a dad that I didn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this right. And I'm doing good work. You know what I mean? Like your work is mm -hmm. contributing to the world you're helping companies turn themselves around. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, that's enough. You know what I mean? And once you sort of stop creating this expectation of like, you know, I'm not going to run for president. I'm not going to be a billionaire. Um, you know, there's a bunch of shit that's not going to happen. It's just not, mm -hmm. it's not. But this is enough as I am today, as this is today. And then, yeah. you know, if you can sort of remove that, I went through a lot of a period of like a lot of comparison, like, well, you know, I'm, this guy's doing this or this girl's doing this and I'm doing this. And it was, it was not healthy at all. Um, I think SMU probably wasn't healthy for that as well, but that's a <laughs> different can of worms. Preach. Yeah, exactly. Preach. Man. I think we, we had these conversations back in the day, man. Like, you oh, know, yeah. going to a school where, everybody's getting, you know, a new SUV every semester and I'm working at the bookstore. Like that was, that's not, that's not good for the wiring. Um, Shout out to anyway, nation. Yeah. <laughs> go ponies. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like, so that's just my rant is like, you know, like stop and take a look and go like, you know, maybe if you could figure out how to kind of reset your expectations and go, yeah. Fulfillment can come from the fact that like, if you were to ask your wife, is there little shit that you do that annoys her? Yes, of course. You're a human being, right? Like, I'm sure there's a million things. I, I've debated about having Amy on here, but I don't want her to because I, I'm <laughs> sure she would tell a million things that annoy the shit out of her about me. But she and my daughters think yeah. I'm enough. I'm great. I'm, yeah. you know, your wife feels the same way. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe, and, and this is, and this has been my, I always tell people that they're like, what have you do, done to get through your shit? And I talk about meditation. I talk about stoicism. I talk about this kind of shit. And it's been great yeah. for me, but it's my – that's my operating system that that worked on. Yeah. Right? And everybody's got their yep. own set of stuff. And maybe it's running 20 miles a day or maybe it's whatever. Everybody's got their own way to get through it. But you yeah. got to reset the expectation, I guess is what I'm saying. That's like literally the longest I've talked in a row in any of these podcasts. So I'm going to take a drink of my beer. <laughs> Oh, that's great. No. And it, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because for me, um, I've actually just started reading like, so I, I just started scratching the surface on the stoicism thing. Like, Oh, I just cool. Can we talk about this? We, we can talk about it. I, I mean, right. you, you're going to, you, you'll have to do more talking. Than no, I, I want you to give I, your stuff. I just want to have the topic because okay. I haven't. Well, so I, before. so I, I had just read the book and, and I'm, I, I, I don't re I tend not to reread books. Right. Um, for I'll, I'll rewatch a movie or a TV show a that's million right. freaking times. But books I will not reread for I'm whatever the same reason. Way. I'm you know, mm -hmm. just wired that way. But the um, I was I started with the um, what was it the, the problem is the way, 
Is the obstacles the way? I think it was yeah, obstacles the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just, I mean, I couldn't. I, I, I was just absorbing it. I was just yeah. like, this is, this is so much of what I needed to read and needed to hear and needed to learn mm-hmm. at this point in my life. Right. That's this awesome. it just it spoke to me in a, in 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 a, in a very very, um, like it just it 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 cut to the core for me. Mm-hmm. And so from there, like I I started reading reading um a little bit of Marcus Aurelius. Did you? It's, Good for you. Yeah, it's it's. It, I gotta. I gotta be honest. I haven't gotten into that. That seems it, intense. Not... It, it's. I wouldn't call it intense so much as I would just call it as because it's. I, it took me a while to actually kind of follow it, just because it's mm. it's it seemed like it's more of a brain dump than anything else. Because it was, it was his like, diaries, basically. He's just it's writing. Basically, what it was. Yeah, basically, what it was. So, but I've got that, and I and I've started reading a little bit of that. Um, and so and so that's great. And. And for me, you know, one of the things that as, as, you know, as I was talking about earlier with, you know, with the struggles for fulfillment and struggles for all of, you know, that, that, that I have um, in, in my mind, one of the things that I've come to peace with, and you talk about the idea of, you know, uh, of I am enough as I, you know, yeah. as I am yeah. in, in this way today is one of the things about me is there's, uh, there's this constant desire to connect with the world at large. And mm. the, the, I want to... I want to try on the different thing, the different opportunities life has to, you know, to throw at you. And so from that standpoint, and the way I would, I would describe that really, it's much more, it's for my cultural standpoint. Mm. So my, my wife is Korean, Mm. but my wife was adopted and raised outside, you know, was raised in the Midwest. And, you know, I'm as white as you can get. I dress you are the, you are the and wasp you're as an you can get. Aaron poster child, my friend. Oh, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I most days look like I should have, you know, stepped off, you know, an Ivy League campus and, you know, <laughs> heading to the country club. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that that's the image that I present. Sure. But at the same time, you know, I am, you know, with my background growing up in Honolulu, Hawaii, I was the white guy surrounded by everything that wasn't. Yeah. Um, that wasn't white with the exception of what you saw in the media. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, growing up, I danced hula growing up, you know, it, there was, there, there was this attraction to non-white women because that's what I was surrounded by. And that was sure. the ideal of beauty. And so, you know, I, for me, what I've, what I've understood through life and especially in my career, I've been able to, to explore this a lot working globally mm. and working with a lot of cultures, you know, around the world, um, is that I've been able to expose myself to all of these different things. And so I think back to my days, you know, in college, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go back to that one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and being on, you know, the campus of SMU, which is a bastion of, of, you know, conservative white privilege. Are you, you think about it? I mean, it's, 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 it's the Fox news prep school. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. And, 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 I don't mean that and, and there's, I mean, there's, you know, let's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to over because over right. overly criticize. Cause right. Those we have one, we had a wonderful four years. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I mean, your, your wife went to college with us. So, I mean, yep. you, you know, yep. it, it is, it, it is great, but it is, it, it has to be recognized for what it is. And it's very waspy. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I tried that life on for mm. the time that I was there, you know, I, yeah. I, and, and while at certain times it, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This isn't, you know, this isn't so bad. At other times I was like repulsed at the fact that I was trying, like I was aligning myself with um, people or organizations or, or things where the belief system was really not what I was 
what I was about, you know, growing, growing up in a much more liberal environment in Hawaii, but it was, it was a phase in which I tried it on. And so for me, one of the things that, that, that I've discovered through life, you know, be it the SMU example, be it working overseas, like if it, one of the places that I've done business with, uh, or business in is the, the country of Bangladesh. Hmm. And what now granted, I, you know, I've been there. Um, I hope not to go back, but I will be very cognizant of the fact that I don't say Bangladesh, right? I mm. say Bangladesh, which is the way that they, you know, that they pronounce it when they're speaking with me. And so I try to be very cognizant of the way that people speak about okay. and, and pronounce things and, and whatnot. Um, but, and then also working with, in particular, <laughs> working with Korean companies, mm-hmm. um, they love the fact that I, I work with them, we do great business, but then they learn or they learn because I tell them because I've learned that this is something I could use to my advantage there you that go. my wife is that my wife's Korean. And so all of a sudden the doors open up. Uh, they, slip, they slip me the grip. Yeah. And I, I it starts to it ingratiates me to or they become, you know, they, they become very endeared to me because of that. And it enters a new phase of, you know, the, the, the business relationship in, in such a way that, um, you know, I, I'm in, I'm, I, like I said, I'm invited into conversations and things. And what I learned really quickly was, okay, it's one thing to be sh- to, for the door to open up for you. It's another thing to go through that door and to actually leverage it. And so the way to do that, that I learned is, you know, in, in learn about the culture, learn about the customs, learn about yeah. the, you know, the way that people are. So for me, that's, that's something that I enjoy immensely is working with various backgrounds and various, um, Got it. you okay. know, be it, be it cultures and everything else where I can put myself you know, in there and yeah. try it on and yeah. see, wow, there are things about this that I really like that I, sh- that I could adopt in my own life that maybe I didn't have before. Or there are things that, you know, this is really something that doesn't work for me, but if it's something I need to be cognizant of for either for business purposes or, or whatever else, you know, I can, I can compartmentalize it. You know, that like cherry picking the bits that, that exactly, yeah, exactly. But you can't, you know, if you, unless you immerse yourself in it, you can't find out mm-hmm. what works for you and, and what doesn't. So that's one of the things that I've learned from me at least in, in, in my life from, from being enough is that's part of, that's part of who I am and part of, okay. you know, with my kids being, um, you know, one of the goals I have for myself and I, I've got to, I've got to become a little more serious about this or, or let it go is with my children being half Korean, I want them to have an appreciation for that part of their heritage. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife, um, you know, she, she doesn't speak Korean. She doesn't, you know, she, she doesn't, mm-hmm. she, she knows she's Korean, but just doesn't necessarily associate too much with, with, you know, that part of, of, of her being. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm like the opposite. I'm like, no, I want to like, let's, I'm let's make in. it let's more go. Korean. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do listen to K-pop. I can throw down some serious, <laughs> some serious Korean karaoke. I can do that. My Norebang game is strong. Can I tell you a um, BTS story real quick? Just please. Just a sidebar. So I took some clients to the American Music Awards a year or so ago, whatever their first like big BTS oh, yeah. performance thing here two years ago, whatever. And we had no idea what we were in for. No concept. The fans were completely insane. Like yeah. above peak New Kids on the Block level. And so it was oh, just yeah. high-pitched squeals. And then they came out and they performed. And I was like, those boys are good. Like this shit's good. Super talented. Like yeah. the dancing was insane. And so I came home and I was telling the kids, and we all watched the actual AMA show. And I told the kids how good the um, BTS is. And now my younger daughter, Sadie, whenever BTS is referenced in any context, anywhere, she's like, Daddy, it's your favorite band. <laughs> it's your favorite band, Daddy, BTS. I'm like, baby girl, 
I, you know, I, I respect him. I don't know that I'd put him as my favorite band, but yes. Yeah. I've all, you know what, I, I will say this and, and, you know, I go, we go back to the, go back to college days or post immediately post college days when, when boy bands became, you know, when, when right, NSYNC, Backstreet right. Boys and all of them were at their, yeah, yeah. were at their peak. And, you know, come on, as guys, we all heard the song. We, we might've made fun of them. We're like, God, man, this is so lame and stuff. And then, right. you know, nobody's around and the song comes on and you're, we're all saying tearing up my heart or, or, yep. it that way or something like we, that. So if you hear it today, right. We yeah. all know all the words. We all, oh, yeah. We'll sing totally. along heartily. We were laughing the um, other day about how the night that I kind of reconnected with Amy, with my wife, we were going to a party and uh, we were driving my car and it was Fowler and me and probably, I think, Morgan and Savage in the back. And Fowler and I are belting out I Want It That Way in the front nice. seat, like just getting it. And they're just in the back. No, screw Knock it off. You guys are awful. <laughs> No, dude, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Sorry, total sidebar, so, but yes. So yeah, K-pop. No, but so yeah, but no. So so it's what's funny is you think about like BTS or yeah. I'm a I and I'm gonna I'll, I'll throw out my my alliance to the uh, YG family and the Big Bang because Big dude, Bang. Dude, that's is, deep cut. I don't know what any that, of those things mean. Dude, I will. Do you look this big, up? Big Bangs. They're, they're kind of the they're they're not quite the OGs, but they're they're All OGs. Right um yeah i'm, I, I'm literally I, I, putting this in the show notes i'm gonna link this in oh, spotify yeah, yeah link, link it to link to spotify you want to you probably want to i mean i can i i'll keep i can give you some uh some right, send me some, some k-pop records later. oh yeah but uh but no so i what i learned was you know in doing business with koreans um they love to go like if, if, if you're doing business and they say hey do you want to go get some drinks that's a, like you're in like they they invite you okay. to go happy hour that's a good thing they invite you to go to dinner. They, that's okay. You're you're in. They invite yeah. you to go sing. Then, locked. You're you're. It is it is what you want. And so what? So when, in learning that, I uh, did it. And they don't care if you're good. They just want you to have fun. Yeah. Then I was like, you know what? This I know I'm going back over there. Let me learn K-pop. Let me pick out a song or two. To and drop. Let me figure this out. Them. And so I did it with, and it's, this was about the time Gangnam Style came out. And okay. so I learned that, and you know, yeah, any stereotypical person in the U.S. Sure, that K-pop, oh, it's Gangnam Style. Yeah. So we were we were out, and you've never, and so I had somebody from that I was with. I said, get this song up because it was all in Korean. I couldn't tell what it was. I said, get it yeah. up and tell me when it comes up. So they got it, got it up, I, and, and everybody starts singing. I said, no, give me that mic, and I ripped it off, and I just, I mean, just just powered. Oh. No. And you've never seen 65-year-old Korean men turn into 12-year-old boys faster than to see some white dude from you know, the hard. U.S. just pull the, like, just, just rip that <laughs> thing off. Um, so, and it was great. And it, but it, 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 and I, the, the woman that was with me from our office was like, yeah, he pulled me aside and goes, I need to do business with him. Like, that is who I need to be doing business with. And so, like, like that's, I, that's awesome. So I, I learned that from, you know, be it for, be it from Koreans, be it from Chinese, Indians, Central Americans, whoever it is that you're doing business right. with. Right. right. Get in there and, and learn how to, to um, learn the, learn their ways, learn, learn how to, how to better connect with them. Yeah. So for me, that's been like for, for one of the outlets that I've had for seeking connection is is doing it that way and also teaching people to do that. So in the line mm. of work that I'm in, where I would I would be um, working with a lot of folks who were in the same line of work that I that I was, but always kept their distance. Yeah. So, you know, you need to understand if you want to be effective or more effective in this work, you know, you yeah. have to build some bridges in a different way. And yeah. so which you know, and explain this to them. And I said, 
next, I said, next trip, if you're over there and I'm over there, you're coming out, we're going to set this up. We're going to do this one. And I'm going to show you exactly what happens. And sure enough, mm. I started, I, I did that with, with one person and then two. And lo and behold, now all of a sudden, they, you know, people were able to create these relationships mm-hmm. that weren't there before because they actually took the time to meet somebody on their terms That's and cool. in a way that was very surprising. And plus, you know, as Americans, the bar is set so low for us. Yeah. I understand a cultural understanding standpoint. They just that don't expect. You can, but you can trip over it. It's so interesting to see kind of, you know, as I, as I know your story, right? I knew your story yeah. growing up. We've talked about this in the past, like growing up as the white kid in Hawaii. Right. You were you were the you were sort of forced to learn a culture that was not the one that you were genetically from. Yes. Right. And so that has sort of influenced you. Right. Over time, it seems like to sort of try on a culture, embrace it, respect it, show your respect to the people that that's important to. And the other thing I thought that was really interesting about what you said is about your kids, because I think there was something compelling in the the word choices you used. We're talking about wanting them to embrace more being Korean, but you said, I either need to kind of go after it or let it go. That is so compelling. Like what you just said, that yeah. statement, that last bit, like one of the things that I, I always keep in my head is like, there's the whole seven habits, of highly effective, blah, 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 or one of those. No, it's not. It's some other BS book along those lines, but they talk about this idea of open loops. This is the only thing I took from the book. If you continue to tell yourself these things that you need to do and you never do them, it just creates a ton of stress. And so you have to yeah. sometimes let go. And just yeah. go, I'm just not, I'm just not going to do that, whatever that is. So I think that was really, and I don't know how much of this, the whole meat of what we've been talking about is kind of that of like, I need to, I have to, I must, right? But yep. at a certain point, you got to go, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I can't, right? Yeah. And, and close those doors and back away from them for, yeah. for your own fulfillment. When you, 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 yeah, no, I do. And, and I think that's, that's, that, that circles back nicely into the idea, uh, you know, where we talk about all the things that we hold on to, yeah, and, you know, that fester and build up, and you got to have that point at which, you know, again, as a kid, and that's where I talk about it in the sense of emotional release, yeah, right? where yeah. I, you know we have those moments as kids, um, and we can deal with, you know, we deal with and then move on. I mean, but as adults, we we tend not to have those, yeah. and so it does fester, and it does, you know, how much do we when when we're dealing with stress or something happened to to trigger a, a, a response in our minds that's more, um, that creates anxiety. And we start yeah. to think about, oh, and you start, you, you start pulling up the list of things from the past that, you know, you know what are the things, oh God, I wish I had done that different. Oh, yep. I wish I, I regret, yep. right? You start, you go immediately to that. And it's because like you said, there's no, there's, we don't like, we don't let it go. Yeah. And so that's, and, and that's, I think for me also, that's been a barrier to that idea of fulfillment is that, Whenever I get to, you know, it's so much easier to go back to those things and, and say, oh, crap, you know, yeah, I really screwed that up. I wish I could have done that differently. Or I, I really wish I hadn't just said that. Or it, it's really easy to go back to that. But it's but for some reason, it's so hard to go back to. God, the, I remember the feeling the, the day my first child was born. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. Why can't I go? Why can't I go back to that? But can you pull that up? quicker right, right than the right. thing you screwed up or said wrong yeah because we hold on to yeah. all we hold on to all of those things right we, we yeah. let the good things go but we hold on to the bad and so it's how do we yeah. how do we navigate that and so from you know you talk you know talking about the the fact that you know you you've you've been doing therapy and that has been something that has been on my mind is do i and i i heard you say it in a previous in a previous podcast and it's something that that i i thought was great which is 
you know, if you're if you're in a sport or you, you have some you know a, an art talent, you're expected to have a coach or you're expected to have yeah. that you know that in business it's a men you know we say mentor, yeah. um, but in life right the term life coach gets a bad rap. <laughs> It's right. a little douchey, yeah. Right, right. But <laughs> but the but the idea but the idea of having that person, that sounding yeah. board, that 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 uh, you know that guidance, mm-hmm. you know, to to deal with those things. That's something that you know for me has been on my mind. I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but it is something that you know. Again, I'm not a. I am 100 for it, and I've thought about it for you know for my own life, just to try to get rid of some of this shit totally. and get totally. strategies for how to deal with it going forward. Right. Yeah. Not, you know, not anything, not anything more than that. I mean, I love, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't know if you've covered this on, on any of your other podcasts, but I go back to that Brene Brown Ted talk about, you know, vulnerability and the power yeah. of vulnerability and, yeah. and how, I mean, I, nobody watches that and doesn't stop and go, Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I yes. needed, you know, that, that's, that's absolutely, but, and she, in one of those things I remember talked about, um, at one point saying, you know, I was seeing, I was seeing my therapist and I was like, I don't want to unpackage any of this. Right. But I just need strategies for how to deal with it. And I remember thinking I had never thought of it in terms of strategies for how to deal with life, yes. how to deal with my own head, you know, yeah. and yeah. thought that was, that was a really great framework yeah. um, for, you know, for thinking about what working with a therapist would, you know, would do for me. And that's something that as, as again, as I'm, as I'm, as this is my starting point. And so thank you that's for awesome, listening to my catharsis. It's um, super that's scary for what it's about. worth. It's really scary. The first time you walk in and sit down and you look at a stranger across, you know, and you're sitting on the couch and they're sitting there and there's Kleenexes next to you and a clock yeah. and, you know, you got an hour and you're like, oh, this is going to suck. And, and it, <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Like, I don't want anybody to feel like this is just like a comfortable, easy thing, but like, all of this stuff and this is the whole point of what i'm trying to do like all this stuff of like all this dad stuff and guy stuff and husband stuff and whatever that's all packed up is like we don't talk about it we don't know how to do it and so maybe we can kind of hack some different approaches together based on what other people are doing and so hopefully man maybe somebody's gonna hear this and go you know that billy guy seems like he's got shit together and he's starting to think about this maybe i should too yeah you know what and and that's and i hope for that i i mean if if something uh, you know, while I didn't set out for this to be something that that served as an example for others, if it opens up the possibilities for somebody else, that you can't. I mean, there you go. That's, that, awesome. that's absolutely wonderful. And, and so I think that's a that's a good place to wrap up, then, man. I think I think yeah. what we hit is like everybody goes through this. Guys in their forties are dealing yeah. with this. There's a ton of questioning of what, why I'm here, what I'm doing, what I'm up to. You know, why is this important? Right. That's what you know results in in you know, uh, all the badness that can come of it, if not properly guided and, and just know that like, we're all there. Everybody's in that same mess and nobody's got their shit completely together. So thanks. This is awesome. For everyone who looks at everybody else and says, Oh, that person's really got it together. No, they don't. Yeah. hundred percent don't. Nobody knows what they're doing. And that's literally, that's why I named it the the podcast. Nobody nobody knows. Nobody has any. None of us. None of us do. None of us know. No. All right, Billy. Um, thank you, man. Yes, I really appreciate hey, it. Thank you for doing this. I mean, this is this is wonderful. This is, you know, I, I hope that anybody else who li- is listening to this um, begins to begins to to deal with these, you know, with the things that are going on in their lives too. Right. This is an outlet that I think is is I know I've gotten a ton from it. So so thank you for for 
uh, indulging me, but I really do hope that this is the beginning of, of, of a whole lot more of this to come. I hope this is the, this is thanks, the beginning man. of a tidal wave or a tsunami thanks, of sorts. If you will. I'm going to end it now because you're going to get uncomfortable with praise. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot, Billy.